Today we're continuing to look at Psalm 119, verses 161 through 168. And the theme of this section is love, the love letter, love for the word. And this has been the primary theme of this whole psalm. Oh, how I love your law could be a summary of the main point. And so here you find a heart that's full of love, but it's a heart full of love in a hard world. And the amazing thing about this section is even though he's been immersed in the difficulties of life, they haven't made him cynical. They haven't made him jaded. So let's look over it, and I want to point out a couple things from the passage. First, in 161, notice, princes persecute me without cause. Princes, who are they? This is a title for the people who actually run things. So in this world, you have the king, and then all of his sons would be placed in roles of administrative authority. They would be be over the specific governmental positions. So it is interesting to think about, all right, who is this that's writing it? It's probably not David, but at least somebody in high a position of authority and high social standing. And yet they find themselves in a situation where their whole way of life is being made difficult. And it's being made difficult for one who's committed to God's revealed truth, committed to a standard of action that they're not going to deviate from. Maybe that's why the princes have made things hard for him, because he loves the law and he wants to see it obeyed and fulfilled. And then notice in that situation... That word for my heart stands in awe. That's the same word for reverential fear and fear. And so the question is, with powerful people making life difficult for him, whom will he fear? Then in 162, notice, I rejoice at your word. 
as one who finds great spoil. That word spoil, that's an interesting word to me. Why use that word? Spoil is the fruit of victory from battle. So how are we supposed to make sense of that? There is a battle with the princes, and there's going to be this rich victory for all those who love God's word. And the image here is one of one who has been in a long battle, who's fought the good fight, and I know, and he knows at some point he'll reap the rewards. And notice the, the battle he's surrounded in 163. I hate and despise falsehood. So he knows the danger of false speech. He knows how destructive lying can be, how it destroys, destroys people, destroys kingdoms. And so you have this image of someone who's immersed. He's surrounded. He's surrounded by powerful people who are putting intense pressure on him, making his life difficult. And then he's surrounded by false speech, liars, slandering him, slandering his cause. But the amazing thing is, in in light of all of that, he hasn't become cynical or jaded. What does he do? Seven times a day in 164, I praise you. Why seven? You know, we often think of seven as a number of completion, and it has that element. But I would encourage you to think first when you hear the number seven. It's one of the most important symbolic numbers in the Bible. But think creation, creation and new creation. So what is it that recreates him? What is it that makes him new? It's the praise, the sevenfold praise. He's a new creature. The old is gone. The new has come. And he's celebrating in it uh, in many ways before he's even experienced it. And that's what hopeful praise is. We celebrate a reality before we often experience that reality. So in the midst of oppressive princes and unjust political system and surrounded by lies, he's going to sing praises. Not sing the blues, but sing praises. And notice the result, 165. The result is in abundant peace or great peace. And this forces us to believe the total meaning of the word peace, that it's great, it's abundant in all of its dimensions, the fourfold dimensions of restoration that the gospel brings to heal the fourfold brokenness from the fall. So we have peace with God. We have peace within ourselves. We have peace with other people and peace within the world. This total peace of spiritual, social, vocational, emotional peace. Then notice nothing causes him to stumble. That's an interesting word for stumble. Uh, same word for scandal. Nothing causes him to be scandalized, to trip. This is an image that Jesus and Paul often use. Jesus will talk about the, the rock of scandal, the scandalon, the stone that the builders have rejected has become the chief cornerstone, that they trip on the scandal of his ministry. And Paul talks about how the gospel, this ministry and message, the cross, is a stumbling block. To both Jews and Greeks. But here he says, nothing will cause him to stumble. And then in 166, I hope, I love this combination, I hope for your salvation, and then I do your commands. That's the dynamic. I hope for this, I do this. And then 167 and 168, the repetition of keep, I keep, I keep. Why? The final verse, all my ways are before you. That's what motivates him. 
That's what encourages him when he's discouraged and motivates him to act when he's feeling apathetic and lethargic. All my ways are before you. Coram Deo, always before the face of God. And so here you see this amazing heart that's full of love in the midst of a hard world. He's not been made cynical. He's not jaded. So here's a reading exercise for you. Read through this psalm and underline all the I, first person, and then verbs. Notice, underline where he says, I rejoice, I hate, I love, I praise, I hope, I love, I keep. And what you can see here are the commitments and the actions of a loving heart. This is what love does. So let's ask the Lord to help us to do these things as well. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son. 